Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis right here at Crossway Church in our studio, and I'm excited to be here. More of you uh, that could be here, I pray that you will cast that lazy spirit aside and get on up and join us that live in this close area, close by. 20, 30-minute drives, not that much to be here in the fellowship on Friday morning in the Word. You can set this time apart with your Bible. Pencil, paper, take notes. God's going to give you some things you need to have. And I firmly believe that. So we, we do this every Friday morning and uh, here at 9 o'clock. So I encourage you to tell your friends about it. And, you know, and, and while you're watching these broadcasts, you feel free, if you're watching on Facebook Live, to uh, comment on there. And, and uh, if you ask any questions, we'll answer them later. But make sure other people, your friends, family, co-workers, know that the Word of God is being taught uh, and not in some way that's uh, after your money, some way that's after anything else other than you just learning God's Word in truth so that God can uh, be who He wants to be in your life and who you can be who you're supposed to be in this life while you have uh, the days you have left to live. So praise God. We've been in the book of Ephesians for uh, this will be our 42nd session. That means the 42nd week that we have been here teaching the book of Ephesians since last October the 7th, and today's the 25th of August, 2017. The Crossway Church is our website. Hit the donate button. Help us to pay for the things it takes to put these broadcasts out. So many people listen. So many people are blessed, but very few give to support this work. So I encourage you, don't worry about uh, big money. If everybody that watched gave $5, we could do more and we could maintain this in a better way. So I encourage you to be faithful to where the Lord is blessing you. And I know He is through this teaching. And also, this is our address, physical address. And uh, you can send money if you're scared of sending online. Hitting the donate button, you can just send it to 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. One more thing uh, before we get started this one. Well, a couple more things. One of them is our book. A lot of people are getting this book. It's $15. All God's works are done in truth. A little 62-page booklet that I promise you will bring much clarity to many scriptures and will bring your focus, your thoughts into a focused area of Christ and what he did at Calvary for you. Many people wonder, well, what's all the, the, the this stuff about these cross, the people talking about, are you in a cross preaching church or, or do you have a cross preaching preacher? And uh, you, after you read this book, I believe the Lord will show you the narrowness of this way and you will have an understanding of just what those statements mean and what it means to be in a cross preaching church today, what it means to know the truth in God's Word other than just God's Word. Amen. So you can get your copy, $15, send it online or to the address or show up at Crossway Church uh, with your $15 and we'll get you a copy, praise God. One more thing uh, this morning, that is, y'all know in, in, in South Texas right now, it's about to come what we call here in Texas a gully washer and probably greater than that. They're expecting tonight to begin tonight. Uh, Category 3 Hurricane Harvey to hit the coast. So we're going to also pray for them this morning as we uh, begin this Bible study and ask the Lord to bless us with the revelation of Christ here uh, because many people are trying to get up and get out of those areas and many people are trying to stay there, which uh, I, I personally I wouldn't suggest that. I would just suggest anybody find the wisdom of God. He'll tell you what to do for sure and he'll keep you in the way that he leads. Amen? So let's pray this morning and ask the Lord to help those people there and to bless us here. Father, we just thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to gather together in your name with our Bibles, Lord, and a, a heart that's open for you to impart truth into our hearts that we might have a greater experience of this liberty, this freedom, this righteousness, this holiness, and all things that you died for us to be able to experience in the here and now, to walk in this truth, to learn to love this truth, to have a greater revelation of the one who gave his life for us, and so that our love love for you could grow each and every day and we could trust you more each and every day and be a greater witness unto you and a testimony unto this world that we live in now. Father, we ask for your wisdom, for your mercies, Lord, for your, your comfort in the time, Lord, that's uh, going on right now in South Texas and, and South Louisiana, Lord God. We ask for your hand to cover those, Lord, that are yours. We ask you to bless that region with safety. We ask you to give the direction and the wisdom they need, Lord. 
Lord, and may they find the courage and the boldness to get up and do what it is you're leading them to do. We praise you this morning, Lord. We pray that you would rebuke that storm and that whatever happens, that it would bring you glory out of it, Lord. For I know bad things many times. If you're allowed to work, we'll turn to good. So I'm just praising you this morning for your protection and what you're going to do in the midst of all of that, Lord God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Praise be to God. When I ask the Lord to do something, I don't demand the Lord do anything, but I do ask the Lord to do what I feel like would be His will, and then I look to see God working in the midst of that. And I always know when I ask God for something, He's going to do something. Amen. Might not be what I expected, but I promise it'll be greater. It's always great. Whether I understand it or not, it will be greater. It doesn't matter if I understand everything God's doing, but it does matter that I understand that God is doing something in everything. Praise God. And I believe he's going to do that here in this teaching this morning. Last week we left off, I believe, in Ephesians 6, 4. And that's where we might have moved a little beyond that. But I didn't get enough in on that Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And, but before we get into this, I want to remind us again who this letter was written to. I often have done that in this teaching. And I don't want to really stop. But if you'll turn back to chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says that this letter was written by Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and it was written by the will of God. Not because Paul just had a good thought and he felt like something needed to be done. He, he tells us that God called him to be an apostle and that by the will of God he's an apostle and that by the will of God he's writing this letter not only to the saints which are at Ephesus but he's also writing it to the faithful in Christ Jesus and I happen to be one of them today, praise God. I am a faithful child of God. I, no, I didn't say perfect and there are none but I am a faithful child of God because I daily am receiving his faithfulness to me which was proven at Calvary in Christ Jesus and what he did there and there my faith remains and that there I can experience God's faithfulness to me. So this letter is not some old historical thing that's not any good anymore. It's to the church and I'm a part of the church. It's, and it's not just that place, that time. A lot of times, well most of the time, if not all of the time, even the New Testament like the Old Testament was written for some Something happening then and for future. Much of the New Testament is that way. This letter was to the church in that day, like the seven letters to the churches in that day, but it's also to all the church who will have ears to hear. And so that's why we are in the Word. The, the Word of God is the most important thing on the planet. Not your wife, your health, your money, your, your relationships. The most important thing, the greatest commodity on the planet earth is the Word of God. Because that's how we meet God. That's how we have faith in God, learn to trust God. is through looking at the Word of God, what God has said, told us about His Son and what He sent His Son to do for us. And we believe that. Then the Word of God becomes a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And then we can walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with him hallelujah and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness along the way praise God so I feel like I always need to say that because some people, they just have gotten bored with the Scriptures. If the Scriptures are boring a Christian, then it's because their faith is no longer right. Amen. If you can sit in church and be bored, go to a Bible study and be bored when, the, when it's being taught correctly, then, then there's something wrong not with the preacher, not with the Bible, but with us. So uh, the Word of God, again, let me say it, it's the most precious commodity that anybody has on this planet. Amen. Amen. The Bible says the Word of God is God. In John 1 and 1 and 2. So praise the Lord this morning for the Word of God. I'm thankful the Lord's given us His Word, His direction, His instruction that we don't just have to guess and listen to any old idiot passing by or this old idiot. I don't even have to listen to this old idiot. I've got something greater than me, greater than the smartest people on the planet. I've got God's words. And if I'll just open my heart, believe in Christ, accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, and believe God's Word, He will do great and mighty things in my life. And I, He already has, and will do more. Ephesians 6, 4, the Bible here says, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, 
but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And he starts this out with the word and because he has just gotten through teaching that the children, that they must obey their parents in the Lord, honor their fathers and mothers, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with them and that you may live long on the earth. And now he's telling the fathers, he's giving us... Now notice, this is to Christian people, not just anybody. It's to the church... The faithful in Christ Jesus. Saved, born again people who are longing to know how God tells me how to do my children, my wife, my husband. How to have a family that's pleasing to Him. Not what Oprah says. She's lost. She's full of the devil. Not what some doctor on TV says. We've got the Word of God for the family of God to live pleasingly to God. Hallelujah. So he's, t- he's told the children, and even before this, if you've watched the other broadcast or you just look back, you'll see he dealt with husbands and wives and wives and husbands and how they should be. And, and he always brings Christ into the picture because without Christ, without faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit can't do any of this. With, if the Holy Spirit's not doing it, if the Lord's not the one building the house, God says in Psalms 127, then we labor in vain. It's of no use. It's not going to work. And so many people have marriages and their children grow up and they just thought they did everything they could, but Christ wasn't running and building the house. They're just running on good efforts and good deeds and they can't believe it turned out this way. Where'd we go wrong? You went wrong when you rejected Jesus. You let Jesus in the house, and that doesn't mean just some mental thing. Well, we got Jesus in the house. No, when Jesus comes in the heart, he becomes your Lord, and now he's your, your wife's or your husband's Lord. Through you and together in unity, Jesus is Lord of the house. You're not, she's not, he's not. Jesus is Lord of the house. So we've got his instruction. So he's dealt with the husband, the wife, the father, the mother. He's dealt with the children. Now watch this. He moves right in, focusing on the fathers, the reason being, because the father is the head of the house. God, Christ, the man, the woman. The Bible teaches that. Not, that's not a negative thing. That's a good thing if you've accepted God's way. Well, bless God, I just don't believe I ought to have anybody over me. Well, you're out of the will of God. If you're on this planet, somebody's over you, and if you don't believe they are, and you're just over you, then you are a mess. And it is a stinking mess. And it's only going to get worse till you get in God's order. Hallelujah. So here in verse 4, we'll try to start there. Y'all keep holding me up. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now, the word provoke means to lead them in the wrong direction. That, that's what provoke means. You know, you know you, you've heard it used, and here's a good example, like, you know, somebody is over here and you want them to do something, whatever that might be, you're trying to get them to do something, and you're provoking them. It may be unto good works that you're provoking them. Or it may be that you're provoking them to live some way that's not of God. You're giving advice to people. You're trying to tell people this is the way to go when it's not God's way for them to go. Amen. Many, many, and might I say this morning, most all preachers are provoking the children of God under wrath. What do you mean by that, preacher? I mean this. Romans 1 teaches that if we hold God's word, the truth, in an unrighteous way, then the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against us. You read it for yourself, Romans 1. Not right now. You'll miss something you need to hear. So if I'm teaching God's word outside of the context of truth, which is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary, there my faith has to be. If I'm teaching God's people, God's word outside of that truth that reveals what happened there at Calvary so the benefits can be applied to my life today, then I'm actually putting on the table for the people. I'm provoking them under wrath to live in this place where the wrath of heaven is revealed from. So, but, but that's not really uh, what is being talked about here. He's talking about the family. 
Husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, children. Now he's pointing to the father saying, don't provoke your children under wrath. That's not talking about picking and, 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 and messing with till they're, they're angry at you. It's not what it's talking about. It's talking about don't provoke them to, to learn to live in a place where there's wrath. Amen. You don't want the wrath of God to be against your children. But guess what, Mom and Daddy? If it's against you, it's going to be against them unless you learn how to put a stop to that wrath that's being revealed from heaven against you. And there's only one way. His name is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. So when the minister stands before the people and he preaches the word of God in the context of the man, Jesus Christ, who is our truth and what he did at Calvary that makes him our applicable truth, then they are presenting to the people what paints a portrait of God's righteousness, what will prevent the wrath of God from being against them and the grace of God being on them. Hallelujah. What an opportunity we have. Oh, it's nothing hard. It's not burdensome. It's not heavy. It's the will of God. And he tells the fathers here, don't be provoking your children under wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And, and nurture, nurture means this, and I always hope that anybody that I'm teaching, I'm sharing the Word of God and the meanings of these words that were pulled in the New Testament out of the Greek, I hope that you'd go and you'd do your own research. You wouldn't just take some preacher's word for it. You would go, you would look, you would dig up the meaning. Just as I have, and I love doing it, because it doesn't change the King James Version. It just tell, gives me a greater picture, a more in-depth view of what I really have access to. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us to do that. That's why He said, study His Word. Don't just sit and listen to somebody who has studied. You study the Word of God for yourself, because it is God's Word to you. Amen. If you're not willing to do that, I promise you, my friend, you're going to be led astray because we've all trusted preachers that we just knew we could trust. They would never lead us wrong. But how many of you know when the preacher's leading you wrong, he doesn't know he's doing it. He doesn't know he himself is wrong. Deception is I don't know that I don't know. And if I don't know that I don't know, I'm giving you something and you won't know that you don't know and then we're all just walking in a place even though we want to serve God, we know we should be pleasing God and we just never will learn how to walk and please God by faith in the cross. Amen. So the opposite of provoking my children to wrath is nurturing them up. The Bible says nurture Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And the word nurture has two meanings. Instruction, here comes the one you're not going to like, chastening. Chastening. Uh, if we're nurturing our children, then we are going to say, don't put the tweezers in the light socket. And if they put the tweezers in the light socket, or, 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 or if they get near it, let's, let's just say they don't. Let's say they get near it and they're over just standing by it. And you know how a little kid is. He's got foolishness in his heart. He's got the tweezers. He's right there by the plug-in. He's looking at you. He's like, and he, you can tell what's on his mind. Why can't I? So you tell him again, don't do that. Don't touch the tweezers don't put them in the light socket. And you know, a kid, he's just like, well, I'm just going to wait for you to turn your back because i got to learn this myself. <laughs> so if he continues, I mean, if he goes over there, then we're going to pick him up and we're going to put the rod on him because we're nurturing them up in the way they should go. And it's like fighting among siblings, you know. Let's use a better example. It's, you know, it's not God's will you put tweezers in a light socket either, but that'll hurt you. But let's talk spiritual things. Let's talk about why you're treating your brother, why you're treating your sister the way you are, because there's foolishness bound up in your heart. And, and kids, we're all born into this world as sinners. Nobody just learn, Nobody just comes into this world just loving each other and, 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 and never needing a spanking. I've heard people tell me, well, I've never had a spanking. I'm, you know what? I, I might not tell them, but I'm sure thinking it every time I hear it, you need one right now then. Let's get it over with because you've done missed a bunch of opportunities. 
Oh, well, I've never had to spank my kids. Oh, and I, my daddy and mama, they never laid a hand on me. Oh, somebody needs two today, I promise you. It's too late for that, though, now. Now the Holy Ghost paddle. And I promise you, that's a whole lot worse than bending over that bed, taking that old leather belt. Oh, I promise you. That physical pain's a whole lot better than that inside the heart brokenness and pain. Uh-huh. That old belt, man, it hurts for a few minutes and then it's over with. But when God's chastening, it don't stop until repentance comes. So children, you know, brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, they, they have to be brought up, nourished, admonished in the things of the Lord. And the word, let me say it again, the word nurture means to instruct and chasten. Both those. It means instruct, not just instruct, instruct and when abused, chasten. world doesn't like it, but thank God I'm not of the world. I'm in Christ. I'm in the family of God with the instructions of God. And if I'll go with God's way and not the world's way, then the promise of my children growing up after they've been trained in the way they should go, they won't depart from it. Hallelujah. It's the children who've got disciplined that are still the disciplinarians and who see a long lineage of discipline and integrity in their homes. And other people got to wonder, well, why ain't it working for me? Why couldn't my kids be like their kids? And I just don't know. I've been in church all my life. The answer ain't church. I, I've been in the Word every day. It ain't, the answer ain't being in the Word. The answer is the Word being in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So we are to bring our children. Here, this, this one verse right here shows two contrary things. Us provoking our children... Under wrath, which is the way to go, that the wrath of God's on them. Outside the will of God, which is outside the word of God. But, the Bible says, I always put the B-U-T in all caps. Underline it and, and make it bold. Because when God says, but, I got to get in on this. Don't do that, but, oh, tell me, Lord, but bring them up. That means raise them. You're a part of this, Father. They're not just here on their own, and you hope God gets a hold of them. If Father's not in on it, if Mother, without some daddy in the house, is not playing this role, it's, it's not happening. That's what's wrong with America today and their children. They have no fathers. Paul even said concerning spiritual things in the church, you have many instructors, but you have few fathers. A father is going to bring the instruction and the chastening. That means there will be a confrontation by the man of God in the pulpit of what's right, and when what's not going on is right, he will confront that. If he does not go that second part, he is not your instructor from the Lord. He's not playing his role right. We must instruct and chasten. That means correct. So, nurture, if we're going to bring our children up in the nurture, that means the instruction and the chastening and the admonition. Mm. And that means, that word admonition means calling attention to. And it also means to rebuke with warning. To rebuke with warning. Don't talk to your brother that way again. And if they do it again... Guess what? Who said that back there? I heard them back there in that room back there. They get a whooping. <laughs> That's exactly right. And when Texas, it ain't a whooping. It's a whopping. It's a whopping whooping. I got whooped at the school. I got whooped at home. I grew up getting whooped. And if I wouldn't have, I'd probably be somewhere in the penitentiary locked up whooping myself. Thank God for a daddy that literally loved me enough to instruct me and do something about it if I disobeyed him. I remember years ago being out in Dallas. I don't know why we were out there, a young boy, and, and I did something foolish as I always did many times. And my dad said, uh, and it was early in the morning, he said, when we get home tonight, you've had it. My dad's phrase was this, I'm going to wear you out. And man, we went through all day and had a great time as a family like nothing ever happened. And, and it drove home, got home late at night. And, and you know, I just thought he'd forgot about that because we done had a great time. But he loved me enough. And we got, as soon as we walked in the house, he said, get that belt and bend over. I was like, whoa, -ho -ho! 
what's done wrong with him? We done had a great time. It's not about a great time. It's about he told me to do something. I didn't do it, or he told me not to do something, and I did more than likely. And he told me he was going to spank me. My dad was a man of his word. And I thank God for that. I remember, and I'm just sharing a story or two with you, so bear with me for a minute. When Andrew, my only redhead, had nothing to do with red hair, by the way, but they have a tendency, <laughs> uh, for some reason, maybe Irish or something, I don't know. Hey, just old sin nature. But he was a little bitty fella, still young enough to sit in a car seat. And we were at someone's house trying to leave, and he, he threw, Andrew threw many fits as a child. And he was a lot um, hard-headed, stronger-willed than, than most children today. And, and I, I put it, he was already throwing a fit, and I put him in the car seat, and he wouldn't stop. I told him to stop, face red, red as his hair, just being ornery and carrying on. And I popped him. I mean, I popped him good, and I don't mean just stop that. I mean, when I, when I disciplined my children, there was pain on their body. Can somebody say amen? There wasn't no what we call love tapping. Now, don't do that again. No, if they don't feel it, it ain't done no good. And, uh, and, then, I, and then I buckled him down good and got in the car and backed up. And before I could back to the end of the driveway, I had to get back out of the car and do it some more. And told him to stop it. And I got back in and sat down and backed on out in that road. And before I could get just 200 feet to a stop sign, he was doing it again. Well, I got back out and tore him up alive again until I thought my right hand wasn't going to make it. But that third time ended it. And I would have done it every five minutes all the way back to town because God says... To instruct and chasten, you don't let them get what the world would call the better hand. You're in charge. Well, let me just say something right now. Once they're grown, it's too late. It's too late. Once they're teenagers, you blew the opportunity. Now you can. Now all you can really do is pray for them and pray God would intervene and 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 and, and share the word with them as often as you can. But this is talking to mamas and daddies, husbands and wives, and children being raised up, growing up in a Christian home. So we must do our part if we expect them to grow up and be able to do their part. I mean, these, these parents that drop their kids off at church and they don't go just so their kids can have a place to be. And, you know, Robin told me three or four years ago that uh, there's women in the community that she knows very well. They take their kids to these Wednesday night outings at church where they can all get together and just do their stuff at church. And then wh while they're at church, they go out and have drinks together. Well, let me tell you something. That's not what Christians do. Christian children should have Christian parents who are exhibiting God's will. If they can't, the chances of the devil getting your children are 99.5% good. Amen? Because they've already got you. If you're dropping your kids off and going to have drinks, then the devil's already got leading you with a hook in your nose because you're not living according to the Word of God. The devil cannot read our minds, but he sees how we live. And if we're living contrary to the Word of God, then he moves in with full force. And if he's, if he's not just... Listen, it's not about, well, that's us and that's my kids, just as long as my kids. That's not really what you think anyway. And if the devil gets your kids... Mom and Dad, he's going to come right through you to get them. Right through us to get them. Because it's our responsibility. Even though they're born sinners as we are, they're born with mischief and folly and silliness bound up in their hearts. It's up to us to make sure we give the opportunity for God to get that out. I said we're responsible. It ain't just God. It's God giving us instruction that we can walk in so that God can do what God wants to do for them. Right. And it's not just, well, God wants to do something, he'll do it. That's a lie that we need to never say again. God's given us instruction, so if we by faith walk in his instruction, it allows God the Holy Ghost to do what needs to be done for us. And our children. So we're re receiving instruction. If we follow, he will do his part. He will honor. And see, I need that. 
I've already learned the hard way through some horrible situations and the loss of things that I'm not thankful for because I was outside these instructions. And, you know, you just wake up one day and you say, well, Lord God, how could this be happening? And I promise you, he's going to show you why it happened because you weren't willing to trust God. You thought that he was just honoring your good deeds and your good actions based on what you think outside of his good word. You see, our actions and our deeds and our thoughts, they're not good unless they're a part of God's Word. Amen. Amen. Our, our thoughts aren't good unless they're based in a result of us believing in God's Word. It's the only good thing we have. Amen. So we see this. Provoking our children under wrath is really leading our children in the wrong direction, which is teaching them with not only our words but also with our way the way we live as parents. You know, for years and years we would go to the movie store and we would buy movies for the kids and us to watch together and then we'd also buy a couple after they went to bed that they couldn't watch that we'd watch. That's not training them up in the way they should go. That's telling them we got stuff that you can't watch. And you know what? If that's the way it is, then you ain't got no business watching it either, Mom and Dad. If it's not good enough for the son and the daughter, it's not good enough for you. So, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with you this morning about parents. Scriptures that you've heard. Scriptures that are under a, a, a hatred in, in the days that we live. Even by most people in the church. Hate these scriptures. You don't ever hear them talked about from the pulpit. Rarely do you hear anything said about the scriptures I'm going to read uh, to you this morning from the book of Proverbs. Chapter 13 is the first one, verse 24. The Bible says, can I say it a better way this morning? God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the offer of life and redemption to mankind is telling us, reminding us this morning that if we spare the rod, we hate our children. So the next time you say your mom and daddy loved you so much they never spanked you, that's contrary to what God says. Because God says if the rod is being spared, there's a hatred there. There's a hatred there. Well, I just don't, because I, listen, I was at the lunch table after church years ago, and some woman just rose up and said she don't believe all that. She don't believe you. Don't take that. It just doesn't take that. And a lot of Christians today will tell you, well, it just don't take that. Not all kids need that. I'm telling you, that ain't what God says. I'm telling you, it's a good thing that I wasn't most of your parents. I went rushing into a house one day, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because I know how people are. Well, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Listen, you don't tell me. I rushed into a house one time where there was just kids, I mean my kids, my first son, my first daughter, they were acting in a way that they knew better, and I done told them, warned them, stop doing that, and they just wouldn't, they wouldn't listen to me, so I rushed in there, and I, what I say, I call it, I tore them up alive. I spanked them so good that the kids over there were, were sitting over, they went to crying. They went to crying when they saw me disciplining my children. They needed to see it. Don't run out here. Let me tell you, you run out here and say, well, nobody needs to see that. That's world psychology. They need to see somebody getting what they deserve. And you know what? They needed it too, but they wasn't mine. My children, I'm responsible for my children. Amen. So, he that spares his rod hates his children. And I understand the statement of, well, some kids you can just look at and they won't do it no more. That ain't what God says. I promise you, most kids that they can be looked at and you don't think they're doing it anymore doesn't mean they're not doing it anymore. Because God didn't say nothing about looking at a child. He said, get the rock. He that spares the rod. He that won't use the rod. And that's the society we live in. Some, some people, if you haven't trained your children up from the way they should go, and, and, and you can't hardly do that in a divorce situation, you can try and you can give them the word, but listen, that tears the heart of a kid out. 
That rips the heart of a kid out. Divorce, it rips up the heart of a child. And now what you're trying to teach them, they're confused and they don't really know anything. And, you know, I thought that, you know, y'all loved each other and blah, blah, blah. And it goes on and on. And it's hard for that child. It's harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder. And then when you try to do something to discipline that child that you've already done, something obviously that wasn't the will of God, it makes it hard. And kids struggle when the parent tries to discipline them who hadn't started training them up in the way they should go. Bad things happen to good people. I mean, you, you might have been in a Christian marriage for 15 years and then the devil just did something in the flesh and one of the person's party there just went the wrong way. And it didn't even take two. One just got off out in the flesh and just took off and brought devastation to the house. Yeah. And, uh, and things are hard on the children at that point. That's why he starts this whole thing with mom and dad. Submit to each other. Love each other. Submit to each other like you should. And then he gets to the kids. Because if that's working, this part's going to work. If that first part's not working... Kids aren't going to have anything to honor their parents in the Lord by because they're not living according to the Lord's word. They're just, well, I, 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 you, know, I, you know, I'm doing the best I can, the best you can. God said it's filthy rags. It's, it's, it's sin. It's, it's wickedness. That's why God gave us his instruction. So we can let what we think go. You, know, you don't need to have to go ask somebody. Just get in the word. Well, I, well, this is what I think. Okay, we'll see if what God's thinking. And if God and you are thinking along the same lines, you'll find His thinking in the Word. Words are spoken thoughts. God's Word is what God thinks. So we get in the Word of God. We'll see what God thinks. And if it's contrary to what we think, and 99.9 .9 times out of 100, it is. So we've got to go His way. I don't care if your spouse don't like it, if your kids don't like it. You're the man of the house, Father. You're the man of the house. Amen. Things going to change. They're going to change through you. And that's God's order. That's God's plan. So, the wrong object of faith produces the wrong direction, and the wrong direction brings forth the wrath. That's what I said about preachers and congregations earlier. Same thing happens in the home. If the fathers believe in some false doctrine, the kids are going to be sucked up right up in it. Mm -hmm. Then, let me read these scriptures. Y'all trying to make me forget this morning. Proverbs 13, 24. He that spares his rod, that means he won't use it. He thinks he's got a better way. Hates his children. Hates his children. And listen, hatred doesn't necessarily mean, I hate you. God says hatred is disobeying him and treating your children in a way that's opposite from what he says. Don't get messed up on hatred and think, well, I don't hate my kids if you're not disciplining them, <coughs> giving them the instruction of the Lord and chastening them when they won't go that way. And that means using a rod when necessary. Discipline. God says you hate your kids. Well, I don't feel that way. Well, you're just in rebellion. <laughs> doesn't matter what you think. doesn't matter what you feel. If, if we could live off what we think and how we feel, we wouldn't have needed a Savior to come and die on the cross for us. Hallelujah. The cross is, is, is a picture of many things, but one thing it is a picture of for sure, and that is that I didn't know what was good for me. I didn't really know what I needed because what Christ did at Calvary, it was beyond my understanding that I was that messed up, that God had to become a man and die for me. I would have never wrote it down that that's what I really, to that degree, I needed a Savior. Come on, man. I'm all right. I might need a little correction here and there, but I'm all right. I'll make it to heaven. No, not without the cross. You couldn't make it to God. Amen. He that spares his rod hates his children. But he that loves him chastens him betimes. Betimes. Now there's one of those words we, that men want to come up and instead of studying the word, they want to go write a whole new translation. 
You don't need a whole new translation. You need to do what God says, study the word. And it takes, what, two minutes, one minute, to look up the word be times and to see that it means early. Like in the dawn of something, the earliness of something. You know what God's saying here? He that loves his child will chasten him early on. Not just at a young age early on, but also early on every time he gets out of order. Quick. None of this, if you do it again, I'll get you. If you do it again, I've done told you, I'm going to count to three. <laughs> I'm counting to ten. That's not God's will. God's will is don't do that again. If they do it, pow, pow, pow. God's word, God's will, God's way. And in it comes God's victory. Hallelujah. God's triumph, God's blessings. Only in it. Amen. So the word be times means early and to dawn, like the dawning something. And again, I encourage you, go look it up for yourself. See that I just didn't put some definition in here that I thought would make this sound good on Friday morning at the teaching. I did that for years, but now that I'm preaching the message of the cross, I've got to study the word to be able to rightly divide it. And, 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 and the Lord Jesus will always be the center point of all teaching if it's being done right. So let me add this at this point. The Lord himself chastens those that he loves. That's what the Bible teaches. And those that are not chastened, he said, those who are not chastened by the Lord are not his. So all this false grace, new age theology about what grace really is, how awesome it really is that God won't even ever chasten you again. That's really the devil. It's not God convicting you. That's a teaching that will cause you to go your own way outside the will of God, ignoring your father. He won't be able to conform you into his image because you've been lied to and you already think you've attained. You already think you're all that. Let me tell you something. Grace is greater than we can explain today if we taught it for a year and never taught anything else. But you can't start making things up that aren't true. It ain't that great. It's not that great. Tia, it ain't that great. It's greater than all what you think. But it ain't that kind of great. Amen. So the rod here, he that spares the rod, it means, it means to chasten, but it's from a spirit of love. It's not abusing. It's not mistreating. You were warned not to go that way. I've watched many men and women who are Christians marry the wrong person. They knew God was telling them, don't get in a hurry. This is not right. And they felt it in their heart, but they just overpowered that still small voice. And it has caused no small stir in their lives. And nine, nine times out of ten, it doesn't work out. Amen. Unequally yoked, marrying the wrong person, not good for the kids. Proverbs 22.15 says foolishness is bound up, which means it works in the heart of a child. But the rod, there's that word but again, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Now this is God's way. This is God's way. Amen. God didn't say if you take their games away from them. God didn't say if you uh, uh, take, take their keys away to their car. God says the rod. Physical discipline. That's what the Bible teaches. Now I know we live in an age now that really hates, hates the Bible. Hates the Bible. Even Christians have been drawn into a place where they just disagree with God's word. What do you mean by that? That means we don't live by it. If we don't live by it, we disagree with it. It's that simple. Do you understand that? If you disagree, if you're not living according to God's Word, that means you either don't know it, and that's your own fault, or you disagree with it. See, this is not my teaching. This is the Word of God. So foolishness is bound up, and you look that word bound, and it means it's working, it's works in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. This means if we will instruct and chasten our children properly with 
the discipline they need, the rod of correction, that that foolish, that silliness, it's what the word foolish means, silliness and perverse. Now, it doesn't mean our children are perverse. See, here's another something you need to know. The word perverse is just something that's contrary to God's Word. When we live outside of God's Word, we're not living by faith. And if we're not living by faith, that means we're perverting in our minds who we think God is. We're considering Him and His evaluation, His plan, His commandments, His Word, not really good enough for me. I've got my own way. And there's only devastation in that. There's bad relationships that come from that that will never be fixed this, the, the entire life you live until you bring God back in, not going to church. Bring God back in as your authority, and here's where you get your authority, right here. Amen. So, and then he leaves this, and I hope you got a little bit of something out of that. There's, there's, and I shared with the folks here before we began this morning, there's lots and lots of books written on uh, husbands and wives and relationships and training your children up in the way you should go, they should go, and, and all these things. But a lot of times those men, they start and they use Scripture, but then they, they use Scripture to teach and preach psychology. And can I tell you, we've already got enough right here in the book. And if somebody has written a book on how to train their children up in the way they should go or us teaching it like we are this morning, we have to stick with Scripture. When we try to bring our evaluations, our opinions in that is not backed up by the Word of God without a twisting of the Word of God, without some New Age translation, then we're just bringing psychology into the picture. And never forget that psychology is man's answer for man's problems. And we don't have any. We don't have one answer for the first problem in our lives. Again, that's why Christ had to come and make us brand new creations in Him, being born again because the old man, the sinner, doesn't have one solution for anything. We think we've gotten so smart in the last... Oh, look at all that we have. All that we have has only made our lives comfortable and lazy and slothful and caused us to push God out thinking we don't need Him anymore. I've got all this. Computers and technology, it has made man dumber than ever before. Oh, we think we're smart because we can mash some buttons and see things and uh, virtual reality. It ain't reality, man. Reality is the Word of God. Hallelujah. And who the only people on the planet that are living real lives are the people who are walking by faith, and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Amen. So he rolls right in from teaching about husbands and wives and their relationship to teaching about children and that they're to obey their parents, honor their parents in the Lord and that they, now he gives the father the direction of what will make that happen. Not that he hadn't already done so because if the husband is loving his wife as Christ loved the church and she's submitting to him and they're submitting to each other in this uh, order from God then the children will just naturally, uh, if they are instructed and chastened, it is the natural way of God to, to do what needs to be done in that heart of a child. Because it's not the piece of wood that drives out an evil spirit. It's the instruction being rejected by a child, and the importance the father and mother show that child. This instruction is so important that if you don't follow it, I'm going to discipline you because it's a matter of life and death. And when they, God honors that, that your concern and love for your children is so much that He will give you what you need, the grace to discipline your children. And, 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 and although the Bible says that the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. It's the correction part that he's going to grab a hold of through being disciplined. When God shows up in my life to discipline me, to get me back to a place where I repent and say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, thinking the wrong thing. I'm sorry for this. But before that, he will discipline me. He will chasten me because he is my loving heavenly father. 
He didn't give his son just so he could say, okay, you're saved, now go your own way. I'll be there soon enough. You got this. Now, that doesn't happen in Christianity. He's my loving Heavenly Father. He chastens me when I get off track. He comes to correct me, instruct me, and if rejected, chasten me. Mm-hmm. Because he loves me. And that's what happens to a child. Kids, sons and daughters, see that mom and dad love them enough to discipline them with the rod. My kids, every one of them got spankings. And ever any one of them walk in here and hug my neck and tell me this morning they love me because they know I love them. And I wasn't uh, spanking them just to be spanking them to let them know I'm in charge here. No, I was spanking them to let them know what they did was wrong. It was not the will of God. I have never in my life told any one of my four children, we don't do that, I'm a preacher. I've never said that. We don't do that, that's not right before God. It's what we say. All this, I mean, telling your children we don't do that because we go to Crossway Church, or we don't do that because we're a, a minister. That's not the reason we tell them not to do it. We tell them don't do that, that's not the will of God. And we share the scriptures with them. We don't just tell them that's not the will of God, we show them what God says is the will of God. And we can't lose for winning because we've got God's word that leads us in the path of victory. Even when it, God's word doesn't seem right, it's only our flesh that doesn't think it's right. But our spirit, man, is born again. People of God know that what God has said is right. It's not always easy because people dealing with people is not easy. But we've got to do what we've got to do. Hmm. So he moves right into something new now that I hope we'd get through and be passed, but y'all are like sponges, so we get held up. We get held up, and this is good stuff. This is, this is not, I'll just admit it to you, this is not my favorite thing to teach out of the Word of God, but it is needed, can I get a witness, because it's in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God, it's needed, it might not be my favorite thing to teach, and, but it is good. Because it's God's instruction, and it will, God's instruction, if followed, will bring about His good in our lives. And that's what I need more than anything is God's goodness, not just me telling everybody God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and in my life looking like God ain't really good. My life should show forth that God is good. Amen. My children being raised after me should show that God is good. God honored his word with that man and that woman. Look at their children. I'm not talking about perfect children because there are no perfect parents. But I'm talking about parents who follow God's word and children who raised up following God's word, understanding now because of what the Lord did through the parents, that, that uh, instructing us and chastening us, that now we're on our own. My parents don't uh, 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 chasten me anymore, but now God himself in a different way chastens me. As a child, they're being chastened, corrected, disciplined through by God through the parents parents but now that I'm grown I'm a parent I'm an adult now God chastens me one-on-one -on -one. sometimes he uses other people to bring that correction into my life but you don't want you do not want to be walking in a place that's outside God's grace because God will show up and he will show you what's wrong and he won't just say hey that's wrong he'll show you why it's wrong and he'll show you what will make it right. And I'm thankful for that. Ephesians 6, 5, he moves right on in now to another area that's still related to families, but it's also related to maybe business, the business portion in a family. He goes from talking to husbands and wives, mom and dads, to children, to, to, to fathers, uh, to parents, and how to deal with their, their children. Now he says, servants, Ephesians 6, 5, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, here comes the important part, as unto Christ. Now, I know when we see the word servant, 
Because of all the nations have gone through and all the slavery things, and slavery is not a good word, and masters really is not a good word, and because of all that we've been through. But can I tell you, it's not necessarily bad to be a master or a servant. Matter of fact, spiritually speaking, Jesus taught the greatest among you will be your servant. But in those days in which we read from right here in history, we read in these days there were masters and there were servants. And, and, there, and according to the word of God, there wasn't anything wrong with it. Amen. They were just told how to live in that. Now again, let me say because of uh, men taking the master and the, and, and the servant thing out of context, out of the will of God, turning it into something that the devil could destroy and use then, of course, it's going to be ugly and horrible. It's, going to, it's always going to be ugly and horrible and devastating and, and satanic if we don't follow God's plan. But there were masters, there were servants, and he starts off dealing with the servants, not the masters. Servants. And this speaks of those who would work for somebody. We might call them bosses, but I believe this was more on a level of a household. I believe this was had something to do with the family, that the master was the father over the house, and, and then there was the wife and children, and then there were servants. And, 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 and it, we'll see in this teaching that if it's a biblical thing, a, a, a Christian master, a Christian servant, then they had a really good thing going. Because really, who wants to be a master? Not everybody wants to be a master. I'm one of them that don't want to be a master. It's easier to be a servant. You know, let's talk about that for a minute. You got these people that are born with these brains that apparently we all don't have. I'm not talking about a brain in general. We all got a brain. My son, Noah, has the capability of doing math. In a way, I'll never forget his mother calling me over to the kitchen table and showing me this stuff that Noah was doing when he was back in high school, like the 10th grade, 11th grade. And I walked up to her and I looked at it, and I thought it was the directions to put something together on the wrong language page. And I did. I, was, I said, what is that? And it was these math equations, these formulas, all this stuff I'd never seen in my life. It wasn't only numbers. It was dots and symbols and signs of which all he knew. And I didn't know anything. I did good in school until they brought the Y's and the X's in. And I, I, it was over for me. <laughs> Done. Out. Gone. Why ain't a number? Why are we talking about the alphabet? I learned that. And I've learned numbers. Why are you trying to mix it? I'm out of here. Mine couldn't handle it. And a lot of people tell me, you just didn't try. Too bad. Wrong again. I really tried, and I really couldn't get it. God didn't make me that way. He made Noah and several others that way. I tell him all the time, jokingly, son, you're retarded. <laughs> he knows I... Just joking, he knows he's not. He knows he's very smart in mathematical equations and things. And, and Noah was in something called uh, number sense. He had to go in a classroom. He did it all through high school. And he'd always be at the very top, top three, top five out of hundreds of kids. And he'd go in and all you could do was hold a pencil. No scribble paper because you couldn't cite number sense. Sense. All you could do was look at the problems and write the answer. You had to calculate it here. See, I can't even imagine anything close to that. I can't even do it if you let me try to do it on paper. It won't work. But they could look at that, sit there for a minute, and write the answer. And I'm like, yes, you are retarded. But it's not, it's not retarded. God has gifted some to do that so that they can do things none of the rest of us can do. And a lot of times, it's, it's not always like this. This is just one example that could be used out of many. Those people go on to get college degrees and have businesses and, and they have all these things and, and they become masters of businesses. 
and they have employee, employers, employees under them being the employer. Master, servants, boss, workers, employer, employees. This could relate to all of that. And whoever a master, Christian master is, he's going to have servants under them. And, and we don't say, hey, come here, servant. <laughs> we say, come here, Keith. We treat each other right because we see what God through Christ has done in all of our lives. And that's really what he's going to focus on here. That's what he's going to teach. And we'll get more into this next week. I know we hadn't covered much ground, but what we've covered has been good. So please share this. Please encourage people to watch. Get their Bibles out. Follow along. And until next week, we'll be praying for you and we love you. God bless you.